Welcome to Torn, Finding a Mom Life Balance. On this bi-weekly podcast, we're your hosts, Athena, Mama T, and Memes. And here on this podcast, we'll find ways to cope with motherhood, laugh our woes away, and lighten the mommy guilt, all in the hopes of helping us all feel a little less torn. Today's episode is about motherhood and mental health. I believe this, um, the medical community has done a great job of trying to raise awareness around um, mental health with like postpartum depression, you take surveys and stuff. But today we're going to talk about it in a more practical way, in a more practical light, which I think um, a lot of people are just unaware of a lot of the mental um, health issues or battles that we go through as women because we've entered into the motherhood stage of our lives. So um, Mama T or memes, who wants to share first some of your firsthand experiences or what you've seen in other um, folks' lives? For me, it was just the, the realness of hormones. Um knowing that you feel different, not knowing why, and hormones are so unseen. So after giving birth, I think I had a few other physical conditions that depressed me. I had, like, a humongous, like, potato-sized thigh. I was like, how did I just give birth and then produce this? Um, <laughs> And... I needed to get, like, eye injections, and it kept coming back, and just having, like, all of these issues. You look at your body, and you already don't feel like you are yourself, your previous self, and then emotionally, you feel like, you know, you're breastfeeding, you're pumping, you're not getting sleep, you're trying to keep up with laundry, you're trying to keep up with all of these things. Everyone's like, when the baby sleeps, you sleep, and then you're like, well, when is when is everything else getting done? And you just begin to feel so, well, for me, I began to feel so out of my mind. Um, like, just not having a quietness in my head at any point in time that I wasn't used to so used to being like really busy having a very scheduled life but being able to have some mental quiet time and stillness and not having that really caused um me to have like baby blues feel really down to the point where I was like I need to go talk to someone um and I'm happy that I did because I also needed this normalized for me so that I didn't feel like what's wrong with me. I definitely can share in the feeling like the outside voices probably cause the most pressure. Um, the hormones, so the feeling emotional, the roller coaster of adjusting whatever your hormones were in pregnancy as they flatline and shift when you're breastfeeding. Um, the sleep adjustments so that you don't really feel 100% back and you're dealing with all those emotional things so the outside voices of like how's the breastfeeding going or how um is the baby sleeping are you doing this and comments and judgments but then that you are supposed to you're the the 
you kind of maintain the 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 factor of what emotions your child is feeling and the pressure of well if i'm joyful if i'm calm they feel that energy and that reverberates in them um i think was the big was the biggest pressure because whenever you did get emotional or felt overwhelming or i I just think all of that sometimes the voices are there to check in but and be supportive but most of the time it feels like a judgment or an expectation they're holding you to um so maintaining that and keeping your head and being that peace and haven for your child was always the balancing act for me so having um you know when you felt comfortable enough to have the confidant that you could share the I was exhausted. I didn't want to do it. Like I really had crazy things crossing my mind when, or like volatile reactions to my partner, not stirring when the baby cried and um, having to figure it out for the baby, but figure it out how to communicate and be kind and consider it. So it could be a productive conversation about what you need from anyone around you. And all of those things, um, I think are the balancing act. And then sometimes you just don't feel like you're going to be looked upon kindly or gently if you were to just say it, however it comes out and however you feel at that stage. And you think the people closest to you, the most loving would be understanding. But I think it's this outside, like I'm not in that phase with you. And so it's, it can be, that's the part that I think shifts to the isolation because you don't want to be judged you're not sure who to confide in. You're not sure whose reaction is going to be the right reaction. And then the hormones can make you a little volatile in the way you're going to respond to that. So maybe you avoid it and then you keep it in, which is why I think most of the time when I talk to people about the stage, they might look at me a little sideways and say, like, do you enjoy being a mom? Is this a regret you have? Like, where's it coming from? <laughs> because... I'm just trying to be honest about the hard things that aren't always talked about. And I'm trying to allow a space for don't blame yourself. Don't feel alone. Don't think you're doing something wrong. If it doesn't feel like roses and butterflies and clouds and rainbows um, through all this phase that you're anticipating so much, because there's so many months of anticipation and so many things about um Whenever we're looking forward to something, it always seems like, you know, like the confetti is supposed to drop and the balloons are supposed to go up and everything's supposed to be right. And it doesn't always feel that way when all that work comes in with all those emotions at the, you know, when they're first born. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that feeling. And honestly, for all four of my sons, I went through um, different phases of depression and none of them were clinically, you know, diagnosed as postpartum. So, you know, for folks that where it is clinically diagnosed like that, yes, yeah, seek help. And also, even if it doesn't get to that point, I, I also sought help, um, just like Mama T, and it, just finding that outlet. Because, yeah, your depression might not be as severe as postpartum, but it's still not something to ignore, right? Because with adoption... I didn't have necessarily the hormone changes, but I had the pressure of someone relying on me to be their mother and to show them love and to teach them a new language and teach them a new culture and make them feel worthy and 
help them overcome abandonment issues. And so it became so much more, being a mother became so much more than I anticipated that it sent me in a downward spiral where I was supposed to be bringing someone up. I was getting dragged down. Um, and then you feel the pressure of, I don't know, I'm a goal, like I'm a goal setter. I kind of like structure. I kind of don't, but I like to set goals and I like to challenge myself. And so having a child and having to work full time was super hard because I can no longer show up in either space and knock it out of the park because I can no longer show up at work super early and beat everybody to start time and be all ready to go and ready to run the meetings and know what we were talking about. It's like halfway through the call, I'm no longer listening because my kid's in the other room uh, doing something. And I'm like, oh, no, stop, stop. Don't do that. <laughs> like, Sit down. Please finish this. And like trying to balance it all. So I think in the first couple months of motherhood, you know, because we fill out that survey um, that doesn't clinically diagnosis as postpartum, then we start thinking, well, then what's wrong with me? Why can't I enjoy this? And it's just understanding that you are going to go through a season where you can't juggle everything the way you used to, because subconsciously you're reprioritizing what's important, you know? And for me, that was really hard because I was so career focused and career driven that stepping away from wanting to climb that corporate ladder faster was a huge shift that caused me to reset my paradigm. And so it led me into a period of depression. And then when I went to go have my biological kids, um, the hormones didn't help. Nursing sucked. Like, I hated it. That The whole period of nursing, all seven months or however months I did for each child, I felt every time I went to go do that aspect, whether it was pumping or nursing, I felt so alone um, and so isolated because I'm like, man, I don't want to be up here pumping right now or sitting here feeding the child. I want to be downstairs playing cards with everybody else that's visiting. (laughs) You know, I would like to eat a meal that's warm, (laughs) not cold, because I had to step away and like feed someone else or pump so that they had food for later. Um, So I've never felt more left out than in those times. And I remember, I, I think it was my dad, like he, you know, trying to be kind and sensitive about it. You know, he would sit up in the room that I would I would be feeding my first biological son and just sit and, you know, look the other direction, and even though I had a covering on or whatever. But he was trying to be present to, so that I wouldn't feel lonely, but it just got awkward. So I'm like, ah, that doesn't even work. So, um, but and then it's just understanding that it's just a season. So always trying to come back to that perspective. And that's what I learned by my, Second pregnancy, third son, that I needed to start accepting the season that I was in, which was really frustrating for me because I wanted to be present in every single moment, but it just wasn't possible. So it's like redefining what success looks like, redefining what it looks like to be present um, just for that short stint of time where your ho- hormones are all whack, but also your ability to juggle life is all off kilter. I wanted to add on that I thought getting an outside perspective was also um, 
fundamental with the shift. I don't know. You know, I, I feel like different family dynamics, different um, expectations and different ways of coping, you know, may approach it differently. But I really fundamentally have always appreciated going to a therapist, checking in about transitions, about how I feel. And so when I did come to that stage and feel like I was, you know, just in need to have that space, we did it as a couple, did it individually. And it it just gave like an out of the, like when you step away from your space and you have a neutral ground and you can just share things and you're not getting judged and you're not getting opinions shot back at you. Um, I personally found that I, I found it to be helpful at various stages of my life, but I really thought that was an important part of my recalibrating how I felt for the shift also. Yeah. And even seeking um, advice from other mothers helped me like and and understanding that each mother had a different lifestyle. You know, I would, I, I often like would reach out to some of my mom friends that I know just homeschool, their stay at home moms at homeschool and understanding how they dealt with their like pregnancies and their transitions. And every time they have a child, what they go through and stuff was helpful as well. Even if it didn't, it didn't mirror exactly what was going on in my life, but just hearing that some other mom was struggling with the same things and that my feelings of, you know, while I'm in the midst of playing with my child, like, Oh gosh, I wish I was at work or when I'm at work and I'm at that corporate dinner and I'm supposed to be networking with my client and I'm thinking in my head, man, I wish I was home laying in my child's bed, reading him a book right now than sitting here (laughs) having this discussion Um, that, that that was normal and that I wasn't the only mom that was feeling that way or having those conflicting thoughts constantly throughout my work day or throughout my weekends. What was challenging for me was wrestling with how other people perceived me going through depression, being a mom, because I didn't grow up seeing that and hearing that. So when I would make certain comments like, oh, my goodness, how come no one told me it was being a mom is like this challenging or can I really do this or I'm so overwhelmed or, you know, I would kind of look at my parents' expressions because I'm like, I've never heard them say any of these things as a parent or like even retrospect. And I would feel so judged for having um feelings of of feeling like I was breaking like mentally emotionally breaking down but also at the time with being with my son's dad feeling like I had a partner who I couldn't really explain how I was feeling to because we have like we had such a disconnect with like the difference between self-care and um being like sacrificial um, and I would just be so angry because I felt like he just was very selfish and in a place of like self-care, self-care, like you just need to do self-care. And I was in a place of like, you don't understand what it feels like to be the mother and the mental, emotional, heavy load 
that that is and what your hormones will do to you, like between like guilt and anxiety, um, when you, especially at the beginning, kind of check out of that role for a second. Um, so yeah, just feeling really distant from people that I thought would most understand what I was going through. And I can, I can definitely relate. And I think the generational gap, um, like we talked about when we talked about the mom blueprint, like what we saw as parenting, but also that I was also a mom later on. So like having so many years of my own single independent life um, before, you know, settling down in a family and then having a child, but that you do get so bound to what you know of yourself. And even my partner who was a parent younger, um, I think the judgment of like, but you had this time and you should just be ready for your life to be different this way and, or not being able to relate at all from like a parent perspective where it's like, um, or from someone from a, a, you know, an older generation just looking at it like, but this is just what it's like. And it's only mm-hmm. because that's what their experience was. Um, and I'm like, yeah, but you don't, you don't get what I'm missing. Right. Cause it was very different. Um, or, or I agree with you, like just from the outside gaze, just looking at it like, but that's what comes along with parenting. Or at least that's, that's how I saw it. Um, that Yeah. Uh, like my mom saying, what do you mean? What's me time? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You don't know what that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that didn't exist when I parented. Yeah. Like. Sorry to hear that, man. So, because <laughs> I was listening to something this week that made me think, why is that the one circumstance in life that doesn't come with the parents saying, "I want you to be do better than I did," right? Like when with your own becoming your own independent person, it's like have more freedom, be more independent, do all these. But with parenting, the dialogue is never like improve on what I did and have a little more either freedom or a different perspective or like. Um, a nuanced way that's the one thing that it's like nope it, it, you were raised you were fine if it's not broke don't fix it like across the board because I'm not just talking about my parents um, it's just kind of one of the areas where it's never like oh this generation can be better than the last like we change it but the younger generation gets criticized for like now you're so sensitive now you want to tell me what to feed the baby or now they can't you know do this first or play with these toys or have these activities or say these words to like, right. Like all the rules change, but it gets made fun of and criticized. It's not the concept of like, maybe this is better, more improved way of doing this. So. I I think what drove me crazy too, is that you don't get those affirmations and that validation. Like you're saying about like the freedom and like, yes, you should get some time to yourself and it's more of a judgment. Yet, when you look at grandparenting, it's like, (laughs) you're unrecognizable. Like, (laughs) none of the old school, none of the generational things is surfacing. And this is really where I want you to kick in. (laughs) (laughs) With your previous skill (laughs) set. But yet, your grandparenting is adding to my mental breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Because you, 
I, I don't know. I would, I would talk to folks and like either the response is maybe you just shouldn't have any more children <laughs> or like, it's always drastic. It's never <laughs> helpful in your situation. It's like, well, I have these children here now. So it'd be helpful if you told me how to cope with it better. It was just, Oh, maybe you weren't meant to be a mother. Well, that couldn't possibly be because I, done it four times now like I have four kids that's not helpful advice um and so that's why like it is kind of to memes point earlier it's like helpful to get that paid outside advice (laughs) because it's like the they they provide advice that helps and so when I you know we did family therapy and basically what I walked away with was understanding that my overwhelmed feeling that this the the motherhood journey just brought out a flaw in my character that I've had my entire life and it's not really has anything to do with being a mom and it's being always taking ownership or responsibility for things I have no business feeling responsible for and so motherhood just heightened that because that was something I was supposed to be responsible for, but it took it to like an unhealthy level. (laughs) It's like, yes, my older son, you adopted him. He's in your custody, you know, and then you had, I had the three biologicals and yes, they're in my custody and they are my responsibility, but I don't have to feel the pressure so exaggerated like I was seeing it. And it was solely because that's how I interact with everything in my life is that, well, if someone else is not going to do it, then I'm just going to step up and do it and not say anything. Right. <laughs> like I'm not going to call that team member out. I'm not going to start conflict. I try to avoid conflict. Um, but motherhood was just heightening a character flaw that I've had my entire life. And I don't think I would have ever been able to see it from that perspective talking to someone that's known me my entire life or about motherhood that they could have given me a bigger picture (laughs) like well let's just look at Athena from day one you know um and connected to other things that I do in my life so if you're finding um that you're struggling and you need an ear out there I would say hey yeah look into your health insurance man you'll find tons of therapists out there that help support this and if you are thinking that you might have postpartum depression, go get tested, go fill out the surveys, talk to your doctor and get help. Um, and make sure that you have other people around that are that you're hearing it, that you're not staying quiet. And um, anything else you guys want to add? Um, just be gentle with yourself. It's, it's a transition. Um, I only have one biological but I'm gonna assume from the company I keep that for the first the second any amount (laughs) it could be different and even if the last time you didn't feel that at all but this time you do like don't be ashamed of it um, and be gentle with yourself Mm -hmm. prioritize your mental health because it will eventually be what you are also teaching your child Mm -hmm. So we are excited to be introducing a new segment to the podcast, and it's what we have from our Torn Tribe. Our first entry um, was some feedback that we got from a listener, DJ Too Nice, 
Mama T, will you share our feedback? Yes. Um, so our faithful listener listened twice um, and was like, you know, from a dad's perspective, what can a dad, a father, a stepfather, a partner, what can they do to to help these 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 torn feelings? And I was like, mm. I can't tell you how exciting it was to get that feedback so early on. I think listen um, without judgment is important. And in their early phases, I think for me personally, um, parenting felt a little uh, boring to my partner. And just really being present and all in for all the stages, even if it's like kind of not your stage or your thing. Um, I think it's super important because I think motherhood, parenthood can feel really lonely if you have a partner sometimes and when you don't have a partner and um, support looks and feels different for different people. So having that communication, but once you have the communication, really following the rule with what you heard from your partner would be helpful. Yeah, I think early on, probably anywhere between six months to nine months, it was, or maybe it was between the first year and year and a half, because I know it was more bedtime, not in the crib. Um, We had to have the conversation about not being a tag team right? Um, It's not when I'm there, then you don't have to be there. It's not, you know, let me out of the rank kind of approach to it. Um, But then when you do decide there's an area that you gravitate towards, you feel as your strength, it's one that you enjoy, um, or based on your schedule and the needs of like your household and your family and your, your child, children, um, to commit to it and own it, because I also didn't want to micromanage whatever that other time was, because that just felt like another job also. And I think it takes away from, I, I wouldn't want my time and the things I enjoy and how I do them micromanaged. I didn't want to do that. So I feel like communication, really taking ownership of the roles and not, not just covering it as a necessity, like, the child has to be supervised, but taking ownership, making it your own, having your own flair and bond with your children. Yeah, I would, I, I agree with both those sentiments. And I, from my experience, what has helped me feel less torn um, from the support that I receive from my husband is the fact that we don't tag team anything. We double team. <laughs> we double team them because um, especially like, for instance, just the other night that we have three littles. And so they all need bass when we get home from baseball. And, you know, I, I usually play with them in the bath and bathe them. And then as they come out, it's an assembly line. They go to dad for lotioning and then they come back to mom for brushing of the hair. Then they go back to dad to get clothes on. And then we end with all of us sitting together reading stories. And then we divide because two go to one room and one stays in the other room that we were reading in. Um, But then also while I'm gone, he has his own 
Tamim's point, like his own bonding and connection with our sons um, that he does while I'm gone. And he clues me in so that I don't feel as torn about traveling for work or wishing that I was there because he does things like videoing his time with the boys and what they're doing, especially if it's like a first time thing, a milestone and I have to be somewhere else and I'm not there. Um, And he also like we've started weekly downloads on like conversations that we've had with our sons that were siloed, but bringing it back to each other. So that way we understand what's going on in our son's life and what he's passionate about that he might have not been able to tell the other parent because the parent wasn't in the car on the car ride. So just helping each other feel more connected to our children. And like, we're not missing a beat because we're working together to love them and giving them our best parenting together, not siloed parenting. Mm -hmm. The one thing I would add is also like giving each other credit where credit's due. Um, my partner's so much, but like he's great at anticipating what needs to be kind of prepped for conversations, awareness. We're going to the doctor, you're gonna get a shot. Um, and recognizing, like, I had always known that when sickness comes, that wasn't gonna be my strength between you know, reactiveness and just like keeping calm and being responsive. Um, at, you know, just because of nervousness. So also deferring and not feeling any lack or because you're, that's what you're, you know, everyone involved is supposed to be there. So any caregiver, um, if a nanny just has a special touch or a game or a way they make them take their medicine better or whatever, but something that's supportive, um, not to feel any lack or any, not to feel any kind of way about it, but to know that your kid just has tons of people doing what they have to do so they can get what they need and that that's great. I would just add uh, lastly about keeping your adult feelings in check with um, like my son, he strongly has at times like a preference, like I want to be with my mom or even like I want grandma or like with grandpa Mm -hmm. Um, and not taking it personally. It doesn't help um the connection the bond and you know kids are kids and they want different people at different times but just like not taking it personally because that just uh creates a, a wedge but just like how are you happy that in certain moments your child has a person that they long for that they enjoy spending time with and not making it an issue or a jealousy thing so that the village, um, like everyone's honored. Well, thank you, Torn Tribe, for submitting your comments and keep them coming. now we're going to enter the part of the show that we like to call the mend. In this segment, we just share things that helped us get through the week. So for mom to mom. So Mama T, do you have a mend this week? Uh, I have a few mends this week. I, I've eaten three meals each day. 
And I'm like, I'm proud to say that because there's some weeks where I'm eating like one meal a day. So I feel actually healthy. Um, And that's been like, thanks to others like memes. Hey, what can I order you for breakfast? Like, yay, breakfast. (laughs) That's a thing. I'm having it today. Awesome. Thank you. Um, And then just finding time to to laugh I've had long days um trying to get a lot of different things done and the laughter has just been helping me move through it um just with positivity yeah I'd have to say um I've always been a fan once I figured it out I was always a fan of my groups of uh friends and specifically lady friends and I went to a birthday dinner and was pouring love on the birthday lady but also felt surrounded by love and um, that is always restorative for me and then at that dinner someone just mentioned you know that I could help with resume revision and when I tell you I was just like clicking away writing an email with feedback with bullet points and so excited about working on this and was just like oh this is what it feels like to just do like your passion projects and like the thing you're excited about I just kind of got in the zone and forgot where I was and got very absorbed in it um so those were one led to another and those were very restorative this week that's awesome and mama t I can totally relate on the missing meals I think Last week, there were a couple of days I went without lunch because I completely got caught up in what I was doing and forgot about lunch. Um, so, yes, thank you, people that are out there that help me remember meals <laughs> that they exist and to eat them. Um, and I would say my men for this week was um, getting time with my husband, um, being able to actually stay up and enjoy March Madness together <laughs> and and go back to our goofy college selves all over again and watching these kids play their heart out on that court and just having joy um, watching this tournament this past weekend. We really enjoyed it. And that we were able to actually like connect and talk about what's going on in each other's lives because I feel like oftentimes we're ships in a night. Um, but getting to connect with him and just enjoy something that had nothing really to do with our lives no impact on our lives whatsoever and just enjoy good basketball games um and make sure that you subscribe so that you do not miss the next episode we're going to be talking about how to manage your wallet child care and other financial costs So memes, if you want to tell our Torn Tribe how they can connect with us. So share your Torn moments or suggest amend at TornMLB at gmail.com. Follow us at TornMLB on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. For moms, by moms. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.